Well, good evening. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Listen, y'all know I usually say good evening, good morning, good afternoon. I never know when it when it is that you'll be listening uh, in or chiming in or viewing this stream. But either way, I am glad that you are here. My name is Dr. Anana Pfeiffer Daryl Holm, and this is Real Talk real solutions <laughs> and i tell you this this episode i'm truly excited about uh tonight we have a guest that is uh coming in all the way from london from the united kingdom and I i'm just truly blessed with the the opportunity to to uh share relationships it, it's so important um to have a network of people uh, that, that God really puts in your life um, for different seasons and different times. And this amazing woman that I just happened to meet, <laughs> it just happened to meet at a women's uh, networking event while I was in London in 2019. Um, and, and, and it's just so interesting how God does things and how he works things out and, and connects you with people for the time and the season. And, and, and I'm glad that my guest tonight can be here and share um, her experience, her testimony, and just to come and have a real conversation, but and truly um, to share her experience and what she brings as a solution to the world, right? And of course, you know, as a mom on a mission, today I've been in New York City doing this and that, different meetings, had a great lunch, uh, but you know, we're, we're moving and making things happen, and she is just that. So I want to just tell you a little story. Last year, Last year, oh my goodness, right? It's almost roughly until it's 2021. Last year, I had the opportunity to travel to London and to have a conference called Live Your Best Life. So a part of my stay in London, I went to, uh, um, she can probably explain it better, but it was, it was a women's expo, a women event, and there were some amazing women there. So I got to network and connect, but this one lady just stuck out to me. <laughs> And we connected and you know how you say, we're going to talk, we're going to make sure we connect, right? A lot of times we say that, but we really don't do that, right? But somehow we were very intentional in that, that we connected through social media and exchanging phone numbers and such. And we really did continue the relationship. So I want to say a year later, I returned back to London and I was like, listen, I'm going to be there. And you know, a lot of times people meet you and they're like, yeah, okay. But you know what? She's like, you're coming. We're going to meet. We're going to have lunch and she took me i'm going to have her share her story about this because i can't remember the name just because of what my day was today but <laughs> she uh invited me to this amazing i would say five star i don't know but five star six star amazing amazing hotel restaurant and i believe we, we were supposed to have afternoon tea all these other things happened um but i made it and we had such an amazing time i mean again just a perfect stranger but really not, you know, really a sister uh, that we were working in total different industries and things, but really still working to build up the kingdom, working to empower youth, empower women. Um, and it was just an incredible time. Now, her, if, if you read my, my uh, intro, a preview to today's show, she is an etiquette, a certified etiquette coach. So now you guys know me. <laughs> So how am I having lunch with an etiquette coach in London, <laughs> having high tea? I was like, oh, am I doing this right? Well, <laughs> but it worked out. I think that she, she might give me a C. I don't know what the grading <laughs> system is in London. Um, but you, you know, it was it was just so, so such an awesome, refreshing time, right? I don't even think we had much time to eat. We just really talked about, you know, life and motherhood and marriage and 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 royalty, right? <laughs> Speaking about the royal class and things that were going on in London and things in the US, but just a great, great conversation. And I'm just excited that she has the opportunity to be with me uh today. So let me let me just tell you a little bit about my guest today is Laura Aquino, and she is a certified etiquette trainer and coach. She is also a qualified child care and play work practitioner. Laura is the founder of Polished Manners UK. It's an etiquette and social skills training and consulting company. She has contributed to etiquette-related topics on radio and in newspapers, including the Washington Post. 
Laura has been featured in BBC programs in England and in Northern Ireland teaching etiquette. She has been working with children since 2001 and is passionate about helping children and young people develop and improve their social skills through etiquette training. It is her belief that etiquette and social skills training empowers an individual to live a positive life and enhance career and business skills. Now she's a mother, she is a wife, she is currently writing a book on etiquette and manners for youth that will be used as a part of a student education curriculum. I can't wait to hear more about that. We did have an opportunity to share. So Laura, I want to just say thank you for being here. Let me welcome her. If you guys can show her some love, show her some love. Welcome, welcome, Laura. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on today. It's a real pleasure to be to be here. I'm really um, happy that I got invited and looking forward to sharing some of my experiences. So good evening, everyone or anyone that's joined us, whether it's morning, afternoon, wherever you are. Hello, right. everybody. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, Laura, you you remember our first meeting? Listen, yes, you remember? I did. Tell them about the women's uh, well, networking organization. <laughs> yes, it was actually the Global Woman um, meeting in London. It was an evening meeting um, that I I used to go to, and I was there. And normally, we'd have a couple of minutes or so just to um, practice a speech or talk about a program or something that we. I've offered and I remember you came along with a couple of other ladies that evening and yes I did my two minute um, talk and I think I mentioned something to do about etiquette and civility and then as we were networking later I went to say or you maybe you came to say hello I don't know but we connected and we had a chat and I remember you specifically saying it was the word civility that actually caught your attention that okay here's someone that speaks my language yes so that's pretty much how we we started um talking and then we exchanged numbers um followed each other on social media and um well that here led we to are. your trip in london here we are <laughs> here we are and it's so great that you even brought that up and i wanted you to share it because everybody know you know me talking about civility one of the main platforms for us is the four c's which is civility community creativity and climate change so exactly when you say civility right i was like what wait a minute <laughs> and then etiquette Right. I don't even, you know, just to see that I, I never even think right that that synergy is there. And yeah. so, you know, I, let's just dive right in. When we talk about civility, I mean, did you always how did you did you make that connection? Like it, it makes sense now. Once you said it, I was like, OK, we got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, at the end of the day, although I went to train, I was more interested in etiquette and being certified. But I don't think you can talk about etiquette without looking at civility um, either, because to me, there's a synergy and they work hand in hand. So it's, it's, it's it, some people would even use it in, in an interchangeable way, but at the end of the day, they both, they both matter in, in society. So there's, there's an element to, um, of each other. If, if you cross it over, there's an element that complements the, the other one. So that's really um, how the connection came about for me, which is why actually when I do talk about etiquette, I will always talk a little bit about civility because it's just as important. Yeah. Indeed. And, and I hope that even folks to get that, you know, etiquette and civility and, and that synergy and how they go hand in hand and why it's so important. Uh, so I'm sure we'll talk more about that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? Tell, right. tell the world Who, today. <laughs> Who is Laura? Well, as you know, I'm Laura Carno. Um, I'm a married mother of two. I've got two adults daughters um you know both both quite grown up now i live in london england as you know and i just love to meet people who who are kind who are respectful i think that any anybody that's known me actually i, I remember as i i was growing up particularly after i got married um i there's some cousins of my husband and they would always call me miss prim and proper mm. And the reason being because I just I was very 
um, I wouldn't say too hard, but I was very keen on respect and, and kindness and, you know, how you should behave and probably very, very conservative in a way in, in terms of my ideas and the way I dress and, and things. So they always used to say, oh gosh, you know, if you go to her house, everything has to be this way. And, and so they always felt I was Miss, Miss Prim and Proper and, and things like that. So when I ended up um, deciding in my late forties, this was that I'm going to go and retrain and become an etiquette coach. I don't think anybody was surprised at all that that would just be so you that is just so you so as a person i love order as much as possible i love to see young people who have not just self-esteem and confidence but pride in themselves and who who know how to conduct themselves who who know how to speak to people who know, who show respect and i think that is something about me that i find is so lacking within our society at the at the moment and so maybe as part of being me as part of being laura akano it was just something that i felt that this this is something that i'm i really want to be able to do something something about so if people are going to talk about me there, there might be people that would say oh gosh and we do have a few family friends that oh gosh you know auntie laura is strict but what it is, what is it? Auntie Laura does not like children who, well, maybe not, I wouldn't use the word like, but Auntie Laura does not accept unruly and disrespectful behavior. Um, or maybe children that are just, you know, just really think they can talk to whether adults or other people anyhow. So maybe in a nutshell, you could almost almost say I'm kind of old fashioned in, in a way. Um, mm. but but that's that's what I can say in terms of who I am and what my ideas and what my beliefs are. And so I just felt that through etiquette training in particular, because I was looking at, okay, how can we empower young people? How can we help them to gain better social skills? Because at the end of the day, all of these things we're talking about, we're talking about life skills here. We're not talking about something that, oh, they just do now and forget. It's going to stay with you for the rest of your life. And that is where in the end, after a couple of years, I remember researching what I can do in terms of helping young people to gain these essential life skills. And in the end, etiquette training just seemed to fit that word, although I know a lot of people, even adults now, when they hear the word etiquette, they probably run for the door. <laughs> but it's really a lot more than that. It's yeah. a lot more than that. And that's really what the message I'm trying to get that this is about human connection, human interaction. This is about a life that could be easy. Mm -hmm. If you know all of, if you know how to behave, if you know how to conduct yourself, or could be extremely difficult. Mm. So, I think I'll I'll leave it there for now and let you carry on. No, no, I, I love it, and I, I I like to just let you flow because, you know, it, and we'll talk more about that. Of course, you you you're familiar with blessed girls, and that just went off in my head. Of course, you know etiquette training and training young girls early enough, right, to, to understand these skills. And, yes. and when you speak to me, and we we talk more that the power in etiquette training really builds confidence. It really yes. is empowering. So it's not so much the strictness or um you know the rigidness of it. It it builds your confidence when you know these skills. So this is what you told me because i'm not the etiquette you know i need to take the class okay you know, <laughs> so you know that okay so don't let yes. me but it was so encouraging right to know and understand that actually teaching etiquette the the power in that that it really does build self-confidence it, it builds and you can and speak to that even to my true identity uh last week right we had a uh, professor businge who does royalty uh civility and to understanding when you know who you are, right, you know your true identity, you see yourself operating in a royalty capacity, right, then you will act and do things a certain way. And when we can teach our youth and empower them that, you know, early on, how, how incredible that will be. So if you can speak to a little bit more in regards to uh, the confidence building and the things that these life skills, how empowering that is. Um, okay. once, once, you know, folks learn okay. that, I think that's great. Um, just, um, I think today or yesterday, I 
actually posted about one of the topics that I teach in in the teenage classes with um, some of my teenage courses and I just thought let me just share something because quite often you would hear people oh etiquette the moment you say what you do or talk about etiquette to mostly adults they would turn around and say oh yes young people they need this especially table manners knives and forks most people would dash straight to talking about table manners and knives and forks and that's really great but that is not what etiquette is about okay. etiquette is about kindness it's about courtesy it's about respect and consideration for other people it's really about being a leader of self as well okay so you gotta slow down slow down laura wait a minute because this is good and, and when you go so fast they don't get it so <laughs> say that again etiquette is about kindness go ahead say that again if you kindness. guys watching put that in the comments okay go ahead it's about kindness it's yeah. about respect it's about courtesy and consideration for other others and also you need to respect yourself and i use that in my courses by saying being a leader of self to the teenagers because there's so much said about leadership and quite often I see others on social media talking about leadership and things like that and I had to take it a step back that hold on you talk about leadership for young people in particular how about starting with being a leader of self first mm, powerful they're powerful. taking responsibility for their own life taking responsibility for the decisions they make do, um, does mommy or daddy have to chase you up to do your homework? Do they have to chase you up to tidy up your room? Mm -hmm. Do they have to ask you to help around the house? Do you iron and wash your own clothes? Mm -hmm. Do you tidy up after yourself? Do you volunteer to do things around the house? In terms of grooming and dressing and appearance, do you have to be told to go and maybe cut clip your toenails or do you have to be told to um, polish your shoes do you have to be dragged to go and cut your hair plait your hair right. all of these things are what i'm saying about being a leader of self because if you can't manage your schoolwork you know you have an assignment it's got to be submitted within three or four days and then you're just doing it the night before it's all of these things that I talk to uh, um, teach during the course about taking responsibility, being a leader of self first. So that's talking about leadership. Then I, I go back to the post I was talking about. I teach about tact. And some teenagers, I've had them on some courses online and when we were doing in-person classes to say, what is tact? Mm -hmm. So I actually chose to post something about that. And I had a couple of people who follow me say thank you so much for posting this because we actually showed this to our teenage children. And what I was saying about tact is you need to learn that it's not everything that comes to your head, you have to open your mouth to say, even if you're angry, even if you're upset about something, even if you're wrong. And again, this is all, these all ties into emotional intelligence. Yes. So at the end of the day, Etiquette training really, really makes a big difference in whether a young person's life or an adult's life, especially young people, they have all this, um, if they have all this training from the offset, it's going to help them have a much smoother ride because as they grow up, they would know how to, you know, in terms of relationships, interacting with other people, how to conduct themselves in different um, environments and situations. And it also gives you that self-control. It does not mean that you can't express your emotions. It does not mean that you should not have feelings, but it helps you to be in control of your emotions and what to do. And so that's one of the reasons I talked about being tactful yesterday that, you know, for instance, if, if you know, somebody, you, you go for dinner somewhere and you don't particularly like the food and the late, you know, if you're asked and, um, you know, why, why aren't you eating and just, oh, the food tastes awful. But you could just say, oh, I've had some, it's, it's really, it's really nice. I, it's just that I'm quite full now. 
makes a big difference to saying, oh, the food tastes awful. So that's just a basic example, but we do a lot more in terms of role playing. So and it's, it's just all of these things that help young people particularly yeah. to know that, okay, when I go out, this is what I should be able to say. This is what I should be able to do. And also once you learn about kindness and courtesy and respect, I think you will find that you will check your behavior. You will check the way you, the things you say, the way you treat people, all of that comes together. And that, that is kind of what I'm saying, that it, it, the, the fundamentals of it, it's not, the table manners are good, yes. And then again, with table manners, as I was saying in um, another group that I was speaking a few weeks ago, table manners, that's culturally bound. So we might use knives and forks and spoons in, in the United Kingdom, in America, but yes. you go to parts of Asia and Africa, yes. you're going to use your fingers. Yes. So right. it's not one rule for everybody. Exactly. And again, this is what etiquette does. So I will talk to them about from a young age, start thinking if you're going to go on holiday with your parents, actually research where, where you're going. What are the customs? Do they have maybe basic um, greetings like, hello, how are you? Just simple things. Read up on where you're going before. And if you actually know someone who's already been there, I mean, or, or someone from there actually that may speak the language, that's even better. And it's all of these little things that just makes you a better person and helps you to prepare in terms of how you go about things. Um, as as you as they grow up and so th this is why I've, i just feel that etiquette is so important it is but, yeah. and, and, and that's why i love this conversation because you know and, and i want to just first shout out we have some folks chiming in of course from the u.s i see manel kingsley she is actually in in montreal i see my mom is chiming in she says she, that human connection building self-confidence hello crystal she says good evening uh kindness respect and courtesy Right. And, and that's what I wanted to, uh, you know, if nothing else, and of course, what, what you want to share, but I really would hope that the audience gets to understand, because as soon as you see and uh, you think etiquette, you know, you think about the forks and the knives and where, yes, where the coffee and the and <laughs> Right, right, right. But it's so much more to there it is. than that and how powerful it is. So thank you. I see uh, uh, Judy is chiming in. She says, awesome being a leader of self first. Tack, not everything that comes into your head has to be said. Oh my goodness. Now, <laughs> how powerful is that? Because, and that's again, not just youth, but you know, where, the world, where will we be? If, if, if this training was, I say, like you said, I know you're building actually a curriculum where yes. everybody learns this. Right? Do you, can you see our world being in a better place where Much we can better. really right, show civility and respect and courteousness to everyone? How powerful that would be? Yes, it would be. It would be very powerful. And I just wish that more um, educational institutions would actually embrace um, yeah. etiquette training into and, and actually bring it into the curriculum. I know in America, particularly the colleges, they actually seem to to embrace this a lot and bring people in but we are way behind here at the moment in england with that wow 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 i was saying i would have thought just the opposite no, <laughs> but you not. guys really but and then you you speak of this even um like you you know you think like etiquette is really for the wealthy just for the rich and understanding that you're a part of your mission and your vision is bringing this to everyone to you know yes. the 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 people of you know of different classes that it's not just that um and, and and i really feel like a lot of things we even deal with is the mindset and the identity that teaching etiquette can shift the mindset it doesn't matter where they come from right and what you know things negative that may have you know had they may have you know yes. uh, almost inherited but if we can really empower and teach this etiquette and build this self-confidence and this respect um that it, it it can really shift the mindset of of generations you know yes. so this is how powerful it is so i i truly thank you for your work but you can go ahead and elaborate on that <laughs> Thank you. Right. As you as you rightly said, there, there was the there's the idea that it's a, it's for the royal family or people with a lot of money. Or if your children have been to um, English boarding schools, then, you know, that's what etiquette is about. But at the end of the day, it's basic human interaction. As I said, it's knowing how to behave. As, as I said before, it's about kindness is about, you know, how you speak to other people. 
the things you do, um, how you how you dress, how you how you conduct yourself. So it's got nothing to do with money at the end of the day. And I would actually say there are lots of families who are rich and yet they haven't got a clue much um, a clue about what etiquette really is, especially when you look at things to do with table manners and maybe even how they dress. So, okay, yes, we know the royal family are, are very much at the height of um, etiquette and even they, some of the rules have relaxed in terms of behavior and protocol and what is allowed, what isn't. But at the end of the day, everybody, because we all have to live within the same society, we all need to know how to behave. Every aspect of our lives, whether at home, school, college, libraries, airports, um, if, you, if you travel on public transport, anywhere you go, there are codes of conduct, which is what etiquette is about. And that helps to inform how to behave. Everywhere you go, libraries, you're meant to be quiet. If you go to the movie theater, you're not supposed to have your phone on. You're supposed to be quiet. You shouldn't be um, you, you shouldn't have your feet maybe on, on someone else's chair. There's so many things that, you know, all the day-to-day -day things we do, there are little codes of conduct everywhere. And so when we talk about etiquette, I just say to people, but it's all around you. Whether, you, whether you, you're aware of it or not, it's all around you. If you go to, say, the post office, we call it the post office here. Mm -hmm. And if you go to the post office, there's usually a queue. You're not going to go to the front of the queue and try and get in front of somebody without any, any agreement between all of you. You know you're going to join the, the, right. the end of the queue. That is etiquette in action. And that's how basic it can be. I love it. I, I I love it, and 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 it's so many things that come into my head because you see it in action, but you see it in inaction. You see it. We 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 are even suffering some of the results of not having this, not you know having this self respect, right? It it it's so obvious, <laughs> right? Um, that you don't really know how to show real civility and kindness, um, to to someone else, right? We don't understand that that when you that self control, that's yes. huge, which is so that's important. Huge. That, it, it is huge and it doesn't help when we have leaders in society and we, we can all see what's going on, um, you know, heads of governments, heads of states all over, all over the world. So if we, if they, these are the examples, these are the so-called um, role models, if, if we want to put it like that, that the young people are saying or, or how they behave, how they speak, the things they do, then you, you begin to wonder what society are we building for, for the future? What is it going to be like? And, and there is a danger that as adults, we are responsible for the, we, we know we are responsible for the future generation, but what examples are we setting for them? Yeah. What yeah. examples are we setting for them? Because they are looking at how, adults are behaving at the moment, the things they do, the things they say. And it's like, okay, if they dress this way, if they speak this way, if they can do this and get away with it, then why can't I do it? Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's so, so important. And that's why I just, I, I truly thank you for, you know, for your work. Um, and now the thing about it, you know, we could talk about youth and of course in adults, but I know a part of your training is you actually do like business skills and life yes. skills, even for adults. Um, can you talk to us about that? <laughs> Again, okay. I need both of those classes, but talk to me. <laughs> talk okay, to me. Help we, me out. Help me out. <laughs> I think with business, um, with business etiquette, the, the key thing with business etiquette is I think civility definitely plays a big role. Yeah. So from just how do you interact with your colleagues at work? How do you speak to people? Do you respect other people's spaces, whether you, you work in an office where it's open plan or you have cubicles, how do you talk to them? Someone's on the phone, do you go and stand above them whilst they're on the phone? That is really disrespectful. You're, you're not giving them their space. Um, then we, we look into even um, 
simple things like meetings. If you've, if you've called a meeting, there's a certain protocol in terms of attending a meeting. How do you contribute? How do you speak? How do you interact with other people at this, at this meeting? And um, are you respectful? I think that that's another key thing with um, with with meetings or people um, either shouting down other people or just you know disagreeing. There's a way you can have discussions or disagree over things. Again, this is where civility comes in. You can they said you you agree to disagree, but there are ways you can uh, argue your point without reducing it to insults and, and things like that, which I, I believe can happen a lot in, um, in meetings. But apart from, um, apart from that, working with other people, it's not easy as, um, you know, if you've had to work with other people, we know it's, it's not easy. But again, it's about mutual respect, you know, following the, the company um, policy, um, you know, because you're good at one thing does not mean that um, you have to put other people down. And then what about looking at, um, so some people are maybe the creative types and you have the other people that they're very vocal in times of, uh, oh, I know this and I, and I know that. And sometimes it's about letting other people speak as well mm -hmm. in, 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 a, in an environment, especially when you're working with other people, that it shouldn't always be the loudest person speaking. Then you have a situation where maybe you have to represent your company. Maybe you have to meet a client. Do you know how to conduct yourself? Would you know how to greet them? Would you know if you were going for a meal, who pays, who doesn't pay? Should you drink, should you not drink? And some people also seem to forget that on when you're representing your company, even from the moment you're, you're leaving, you're, whether you travel to another country, what everything you do is a reflection of that company. Mm -hmm. And that is so important to always remember. And I think people let their hair down a little bit um, when, you know, um, when they go on business trips and forgetting that actually I'm here on business, I'm still representing my company. So there's so many things that you, you just really need to be aware of in terms of business etiquette, even from um, what do you do on social media? What sort of things do you post? What do you talk about? Yeah. All of those things matter. You never know what you might put up that your boss might, might see that could cost you your job. Then you um, look at email communication. We, we have so many methods of communicating now. Are you doing it properly? Are you addressing people properly? Do you know how to use email properly? Are you breaking your company um, policies? There's, there's such a myriad of, of things in, in, respect to, in respect to that that um, you know, we could go on, but, you know, I've just taught on, on a few, some of the basic things in terms of working with, with, with other people, even common courtesy, like good morning, good, good, good night. And just mm -hmm. really treating other people as you would like to be, to be treated. So I, I'll just leave that in terms of business, um, in terms of business etiquette. And also, um, I, one thing that I also find quite interesting, um, I've worked with a few people on, on that is, oh, can, can they send messages at any time? Can they do, no, there has to be a cutoff time, especially when it's to do with business. There's a certain time that you should send an email, maybe at a certain time during the day, but after a certain time, then it should have to wait till the following day. The same thing with whether you have someone's text message, um, 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 whether you want to send a text message or whether you want to call someone. If it's business, there are protocols for all of these things. And these are the things I have people sending me an email. Um, sometimes I'll wake up and the following day they've sent it at um, past midnight or a message on my business WhatsApp. And I'm thinking, I even had an inquiry on Christmas day last year. And th these are the sort of things you think, do people not, you know, the lines might be, might be blurred, but there's still boundaries where, where business etiquette, you know, where business is concerned. And people just don't seem to pay attention to that. My husband is a self-employed accountant and you would have clients phoning him up sometimes 10 o'clock in the evening, sometimes on Sunday. And these are things that people really need to get a, you know, get a, a, a grasp on that because someone is either self-employed. I mean, you know, most big organizations, they Monday to Friday, they're right. not opened over the weekend. You're not going to call them at that time. So just because someone is a small business or they're self-employed, 
does not give you that liberty to do that. But I'll I'll just maybe leave it leave that there for now. No, I think it's good because of course, you know, dealing with the pandemic, most people are working from home, right? So you think that, you know, they're just accessible. So even when you talk about those those um, boundaries, I feel like it's certainly important. Um, of course, you know, dealing with moms, you know, we saying that are working from home, trying to take care of your children and then, yes. you know, your boss and there's a project and people pulling on you, the kids need to be fed, you know what I mean? They need to get to practice. There's so many moving parts. And I think like you're saying that etiquette, um, if you are even from a managerial, from a leadership standpoint, that these are things that we need to consider, right? And, and make yes. sure that they play a part in how we um, work with, with our team. It is, it is very important. Um, I, I think I, I did post something about leadership uh, some, some time ago, that particularly now, that leaders, the managers or senior managers, they need to respect that the fact that people are working from home does not mean that you can just call them any you know at, at any time, as long as they're doing the work. And I think this is where, again, um, social and emotional intelligence comes in and having empathy because a lot of these managers know, particularly for um, females, I think the same thing for the dads as well, probably, that they've most likely got their children at home. So there has to be a little bit of, uh, of leeway, but that does not mean that, you know, after working hours, you now you're expecting them to still carry on working. And I have heard from a lot of people that they seem to be working, doing more work at home than yeah. when they were going into work. Yeah. And yeah. so that's causing a lot of stress. And so these are things I, I believe that the managers need to, to be aware of, especially if you are a good manager anyway, if these are their hours and then you try and accommodate within, within those hours and nothing should come after that, especially if you know that, oh, they've got children at home that they're also having to homeschool, then all of those things really should, should, should be taken into account. Yeah. And, and all why this is so important because, you know, there's so many different aspects that we're speaking about the youth, right? You're talking, you know, in the business arena, but then even for managers, for directors, for administratively, yes. there's a different level of etiquette, right? And consideration. Yes that is necessary. And, and, and I can say that it's lacking. I think it was a week or two ago, um, there was an awesome uh, report on um, CBS here in the US about women leaving the workforce, literally leaving like, you know, or even they taking jobs moving because of the stress. Um, because, you know, again, not having these boundaries, um, not being treated with respect and with kindness um, as a mother, you know, and, and, and that they're like, you know what? I'll go somewhere else or I'll just work from home or become a consultant where I can be in an environment where I can still, you know, somewhat have some type of normalcy or balance, if you will. And my life, my whole entire life is respected. Um, so I, I know and it, 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 it's huge numbers of women that are doing that or maybe even taking... Wow you know, less, lesser paying jobs or changing and even, even in their position simply because they want to be in a space where they feel like they're being appreciated for the role that they play at work, but also at home and the responsibilities that they have, yes. that is certainly being done. Certainly I, I, I can, I can understand that because it, it is tough and the, you know, it's been a tough year and, um, you, you kind of have to wait up that what, you know, especially if you have children, you know, what's more important. Yeah. So yeah, yes. yeah, for sure, for sure. So the one thing about uh, Moms on a Mission is that, you know, one of the key things that I, I, I work on is like, you don't have to postpone your purpose, right? There's no, you know, of course, being a parent uh, that, that really you still can live a fulfilled fabulous life, if you will, at, while being a mom, right? And and the thing about you and a little bit more about, about your story is you made a change, you made a shift, right? You were doing, and, and that's a, definitely a part of my story, working, you know, as an administrator and then, you know, having to shift and go into entrepreneurship and being a world civility ambassador changing. Um, and it's okay to do that. We, we have so many gifts and talents, right? And, and, and things to fulfill our purpose that God is given us and I would like for you to share a little bit about that in your story because I think you know more so you were in early childhood and childcare and things of that and then you shifted so if you could tell us a little bit about that process because I know it was a process I know that's a part of your story uh can you, can you talk to us about that today oh thank you um well 
the, the bottom line was family had to come first for me. Um, Everybody is different. I was in a very good job. I was worth working with um, Nestle UK at the, at the head office. I had a very good job. But then I had two young children. And one of them wasn't particularly very well over a period of time. And I remember I would, you know, she would she would be ill sometimes still persuade her to go to school juggling the job and a sales team and a manager and i i, I just seemed to be chasing my tail basically always tired and the decision day came for me i remember very well she was just about five and she wasn't very well that morning. I, you know, got her up, got her dressed. Oh, mommy, I'm not really feeling well. I just said, okay, you know, we'll see. Let's try and get you to school. All because I wanted to try and get to work. And um, she went to school. I went to work. I dropped her off at school. And I remember by about 11 o'clock, the school called me and said, she really isn't feeling very well. Could I come and get her? I picked her up and I just, I remember looking at her. It actually, from the time I got the phone call, I was already crying that I knew she wasn't very well, but I thought she could go to school. Sometimes they do that, children do, and they, they perk up, but this time, no. So rushed off and told my boss, I'm going to pick my daughter up from school, picked her up. And I just knew that something was wrong. Took her straight to the doctors and from there, straight to the hospital and she was transferred by ambulance to another hospital and in the end all the tests she had to have an operation and that was the period that enabled me to make up my mind that no this nine to five i'm not doing this anymore so i began looking at what i could do and um i remember a friend saying to me oh but you're very good with children. Uh, why don't you do something where you can look after children? And this came about because I, if I take two or three weeks off of the summer holidays, all my friends, they would dump their kids with me. I'll take them off to London. We'll have day trips and things. And I was doing this. I wasn't charging them. And so I started looking at the idea of maybe play schemes. And I wasn't even happy with the ones my daughters were going to at the time because I uh, they would go to play schemes so I could go to work and things. So this is how I started thinking of what to do. And in the end, I worked on it for about 18 months and I was able to start a small business of my own running what we call after school clubs and holiday play schemes. And Gradually, I grew this from one and at, at a period of time, I think I had about six um, at different primary schools in my local area and had quite a number of staff and we were running after school, we ran breakfast club and we would run during the school holidays. And I was able to be there for my daughters, take them to school, pick them up from school, extracurricular activities, we would go on holiday together. And yes, it was tough the first few years in terms of income and building up a new business, but I had that peace of mind and I had time for my children. And the experiences I had also had before the two of them, I think all of that kicked in because I had lost my very first um, child, um, a son, a few years before my, my first daughter was born. So I just knew that, no, this um, nine to five is not going to cut it, this two, I, I knew what I'd gone through to have them and I'm not going down that route. So I had all the time and it was, for me, it's not a decision I ever regretted. So I did that for about 14 years um, until eventually um, it came to a situation where government cutbacks and funding issues meant that different schools decided they wanted to run these programs themselves as opposed to people like me who were operator. So that was when I had to start thinking of what else I'd like to do. So this was kind of very late 40s. And then that's how the idea came that actually, a lot of these children I've been working with, because they always used to say, Oh, my goodness, Mrs. Akano is so strict. Um, and this is all because I was very hot on politeness and behaving well and good manners and things like that. So I, I started looking at it that with the number of children I had worked with and the behavior of the children and even the parents as well. <laughs> I, I realized that actually 
if the parents don't know any better, how can the children know? Mm. And so it, that's how the idea came. What can I do to help these children to develop better social skills? It took me a while, but eventually that's how I came up with the idea of starting an etiquette training um, business and looking at how to get obviously certified and trained myself. So yeah. that's pretty much how I, I, I started. You know, it's, it's, it's so interesting. Um, you know, of course, to, to hear just a bit of your story um, in regards to, you know, because it's usually something that like, ugh, that hits you, you know what I mean? Like, something got to change. I can't, you know, because we keep going, we keep moving, we think we're doing the best, you know, and, and, and in our mind and in our heart, we are, but it takes, you know, something to say, nah, this, this ain't it. Like, you know, that there, there, there's, there's more, there's other things that you can do. Yes. And then what's, what's being sacrificed? You know, um, so is that like I say those come to Jesus moments <laughs> where you have to say what? Okay, Lord, I hear you. You know, and and He certainly does use our children, uh, you yeah. know, or our spouses, or those that are closest to us, um, to help us to to get to where He He wants us to be. Um, and and so that's that's really really powerful because I I, I get it. I, I know. I think all mothers, probably even fathers too, but all we, you and I are moms, right? So that's what we can yes. talk about. We've yes. had those moments where our kids will just say, you know, something will happen, and we'll see it, and, and it'll just hit us like okay, this is not good. You know what I mean? Like I, I've got to change. I have to shift um, because what I'm doing, you know, A, I can do better. And then what I'm doing is, 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 is it is causing harm, you know, to, to, to our children. So I, I, I totally, totally get that. I know one story. I remember my son, my middle son, he was, he's soccer now, but at that time, he was really good at football. I mean, he was like, awesome. Everybody wanted him to play. He was doing well. Um, but it really wasn't in him, you know, but I didn't know. I'm just like, oh yeah, he's doing well in it. He's good in it. I'm getting him there. I'm driving him there. So one day I looked, I was driving. All right, drink this, do whatever we're going. And I looked in the back seat and he was crying. Wow. I was like, why are you crying? Like, you know, what is it? And he just did not want to play. And I was like, well, we can turn this car around, son. <laughs> like, you don't have to do it. But I just felt like, okay, hey, why did, you know, did he tell me and I didn't pick up on it? You know, or, you know, the fact that I'm having him do something that he doesn't want to do. And then everybody, because he's so good at it, right? Everybody wants him to play, but it's not really in his heart. And so those was one of those lessons for me, you know, to to, to be sensitive and, and try to, you know, adapt and, and shift my mindset because I just can be on go. When it's focused, you want to do something, let's do it, you know, but to be able to make that shift. And, and so that just came to my mind when you were thinking about it but I'm sure you have many mom moments <laughs> like, like that, um, yeah. you know, that things that happen and they just really shift us and we'll never forget, you it know, does. those moments, if you will, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. So it's interesting, but yeah, yeah. So, so, and, and, and I just love it because I like to see, you know, a lot of times we do one thing and we do it well and we get stuck there, yes. you know, as a mother, as a woman, okay, because of that, but there's other things. And, and then that even talks about the comfort zone where, you know, they said nothing, nothing really good comes out of a comfort zone because, you know, you get into this career, you're making, you know, money, it's, it's you're there, you're comfortable, but, you know, I promise you that I know for me, God was like, nah, it's time to move, time to do something different, right? And to, to get uncomfortable and to explore um, more of the purpose and the calling that is on your life. And, and I'm excited when I see other women that have done just that. So if, if you will, I mean, because that's business, you know, you built an amazing uh, company even doing that. And then you shifted to this. So what advice would you give um, to, again, mothers out there now that may be considering, um, you know, starting their own business or, you know, doing something different or making that shift or that transition as you have done a few times now? Yes, I, I think a lot of it has to be... Um, I think your conviction and also if the timing is right, I think that's quite important because the time that I, the, the first business, when I changed from um, working in the corporate field to this business, I mean, to me, the timing was right. I, I could afford to do it. Whereas maybe someone else, they couldn't afford to lose that income. So it might not be the best time for them. 
And I have actually um, forgot to mention that when I started, I actually did not leave my job till six months later, because what I did was I actually employed um, staff to start running it okay. for the first six months. And then I, I then joined about six months later. So again, for someone looking to, to change, they really need to weigh the weigh it up properly if the timing is right, if they can afford to do it, or if they if they can't afford to do it, then keep working towards it. Um, like I like I did. And I, I even know someone who started working part-time and then started her business part-time as well. And eventually she was able to build the business up and then give up the part-time job. So again, it's about, it's thinking about your position, your situation, can you afford to do it? If you can, great, then go ahead. But I think it's not letting fear um, get a, a grip because sometimes you just have to be bold and just say, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to, to try it. I've, had um, another business that I went into with someone that cost me quite a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So again, the experiences along along the way. Hopefully, you you make the right choices and things things go smoothly. But without dipping your your feet in the water, you're not going to know what the temperature what the temperature is. But if it's really something that's in you, if it's really something that you want to do, I find that somehow people would you would find a way to to do it. Absolutely. Well, yeah. those are a few things that you touched on. First of all, fear, right? And not letting fear lead you, you know, yes. and I say, you know, always replace fear with faith, right? Yeah. But of course, wisdom and things like that. But are yes. you operating out of fear? It, it is certainly, certainly um, uh, key uh, in, in that way. And so I, I, I certainly uh, like that that point uh, <laughs> as word of inspiration to, to folks, because, yes. you know, you, there's no reward without a risk. You know, like it's risky business out here. You know, it, it, like, is. Honestly, it, you it know? is. And 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 to be honest, even I'm I'm talking the the second. I mean, both businesses. I have to be honest with you. Would I say I wasn't afraid? I was scared because to start with, the first one I knew nothing about. The second one was exactly the same thing, apart from the fact that okay, I'd grown up in a home where, to some degree, some form of um, etiquette and discipline had been instilled. But what did I really know about etiquette? What did I know about looking after children, um, wow. being a registered childcare and nothing? Wow. But I still stepped out. It took me um, about three years after I started to get all my different qualifications and, and things, but, but I just went for it. So I knew nothing about the first one. I knew nothing about the second one. But now you gotta tell us that, Laura. Come on now. Wait a minute. I didn't even know. Well, I knew how you were taught me about the the path to the etiquette training and certification, yes. but I didn't even know even when it came to the childcare that it oh. all was about you stepping out on faith. Yeah, I did. I I, knew, I had no experience. I had no, nothing, nothing, <laughs> no, no experience. I That's um, big. <laughs> to be registered, I had to employ qualified uh, people who had childcare um, practitioner qualifications. Right. So then, so then after I started running the business, trying to grow it, then I started doing my own studying and to get my own qualifications on the side as well. And that's what I did. Wow. Now that's that's huge. That that's a big part of the story, Laura. I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> Probably just we gotta make sure you put that in there. Like that's huge. That is huge yes. because a lot of times we feel like we gotta have the the perfection, you know, or we gotta have. They always say, oh, "Let me get my ducks in a row." Man, them ducks, if you yeah. know, like I know, they ain't gonna never be in just, a row. <laughs> yes, you just have to, you just have to go go um, going. Um, well, sometimes fit first or head first, whichever one um, just people jump. would say. Think, yeah, and, yes, and that's what yes. I I did. It it. I mean, I ended up getting. Um, for the early years, I got my qualifications. For play work, I got my qualifications. Health, um, health and safety, yeah. food hygiene, everything. Yeah. I ended up, you know, just and and even special educational needs as well. I I, I ended up getting qualifications in in that, which I can still use to work even now if I want to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, awesome.
Awesome. That that's a that's a great, great story because I always say people see you now, right? But they don't know the journey, right? They say people see me, but they just don't know. That's always like, you know, people will see your glory, it's, but yes. they don't know your story to know that you like just stepped out, like this is it, this is what I'm gonna do. Don't know yes. how to do it, don't know, but that's really faith. As Dr. Martin Luther King says, listen, faith is taking the first step, even it when is. you don't see the whole staircase. And I yes. always encourage people to that. If it don't work, okay, you don't don't even ever really lose listen this really is the lesson was learned you are stronger for it you are wiser for yes. it you know like there's no i'm not gonna lose like what what i got to lose and and i know like you say even one business where you lost money um there's plenty of billionaires and millionaires that that <laughs> invested and lost money right but if they would have yes. stopped there then what you know if they wouldn't then be where they are going. today yes you keep you, you keep going and even with this current business i know about Maybe three years ago, I really was contemplating just pulling the plug and maybe looking for a job or doing doing something because the the neg apart from the negativity I had from certain people around me, and then the barriers because it was almost like okay, who who do you know that's your skin tone that's teaching this in England, and even from the. Uh, the, the, the rejection and the um, experiences oh, I've had with, with some of the clients in terms of people who have inquired, I, I, I kind of got to, I remember one year and I just thought, ah, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. But then the, the, the sort of bullish side of me thought, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to change things. People looking at my website and thinking, oh, who is she? Is she, you know, what color skinny is she? And I just decided because I remember I had my mentor who had and she she trained me initially as well. She was on on there as well, um, looking at this image that okay, um, perhaps not just because it's a predominantly Caucasian or white people that teach etiquette in England, and um, she she was on there as okay, you know that I sort of had someone else who, who was not just a black person. And I do remember losing um, a client because they thought that she would be the one that would come and do the training. This is something that had been agreed, although they hadn't paid, but everything was going to go ahead. And then I remember her calling and saying, oh, is it Sue coming? And Sue was my trainer, my mentor, who was on the website as an associate. And that was the day I decided I was I um, would just take her picture, everything about her off the website. This is me. This is who I am. If you want to work with me, you work with me. But at that point, I was 50-50 either way, mm -hmm. call mm -hmm. it a day or just go ahead. And I thought, no, um, I really have a passion for this and I'm not going to let the attitudes of some people. I've spoken to people on the phone before. And the first thing they say is, oh, you have an accent. And I'm thinking about almost everybody in England has one accent or the other, apart from, you know, if, if you have a um, uh, um, RP um, received um, pronunciation um, kind of um, tone. Yeah. But otherwise, and I'm thinking, so why are you asking me that, that, that question? And I quite often say, yes, although I'm British, but I actually grew up, my first 18 years were spent in Nigeria. And I know because of that, some there are people who, for whatever reason, they've not mm -hmm. gone ahead with um, with booking me. But it's fine. But I'm glad that all of these just made me stronger and not to give up. Yes, I love it. I love it. And that's the that's the the real the real power in that you know, is again, the not giving up, you know, the fact that, and, and I always say, you're just not my tribe. Like, I'm gonna keep on working. So the yes. person that that's assigned to me, like, you don't want me, I don't want you either. Like, it's okay. <laughs> If you, you ain't vibing with me, I ain't vibing with you. We all right. I'm good with who I am. Like yes. I'm good with being yes. me and, and, yes. and, and especially even in business. And I, I'm sure, you know, you, you had to like learn that, but that's the, that's the tough yes. part, you know, that people don't really, you know, necessarily know again, they see you, but they don't really know behind the scenes, the struggles and the things that you have to go through. Absolutely. I mean, and let's just deal with it. You know, that race plays a race, it, it racism, sexism. This is it, what we're it, dealing with. Yes, you can't it, take that off and be something else. You know what no, I mean? No, I can't change no. my skin, make, make me look like somebody. Else. I just can't. So either you're going to rock with me or you're not. Like, you and know, I mean, if you value me, yes. you value me. Mm -hmm. 
that's been my that's been my attitude but you you can't I can't talk about myself and not talk about those experiences because they've been very you know they've they've their experiences I've had and and things I've been through um so some even now okay the business is growing and I'm so grateful to God for that but people might um look at you sometimes and think oh you know it's all right for this person or it's all right for that person but they don't know the journey they don't know the difficulties and, and even still, even now, they don't know, you know, what you've been through to get where you, where you are. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to tell our stories. It really, it just, I'm learning more and more, you know, to be my authentic self, not even so much. I mean, A, cause I done been through it, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, but I know that there's somebody today that A, you know, really want to start, but they feel like they're not qualified. They feel like they don't have everything, but you are a testimony of that, you know, and we are here to inspire and encourage, right? Or they might be at the point where, like you said, 50-50, you know what? I don't know. Like this is, you know, I really feel like throwing in a towel, you know, yes. but by, you know, seeing us today, hearing your story that I, I pray that, you know what, they know that, listen, there's people rooting for your rise. We might not even know you, see you, but we feel you, We, you know what I mean? And we understand the struggle and the process, but to keep going, to keep moving forward um, and going forward. And I always say, don't postpone your purpose. If, it, if it's purposeful, you know, God has assigned you to this, then you go ahead. You've answered the call and you keep moving forward. So that that's good. So any last closing words? I know it's late. You are over the pond. You are uh <laughs> Five hours ahead, six hours, five hours, right? Uh, four, four now. Four now with daylight. Okay, yes, yes, yes. So you're four hours ahead. Um, and I, I just appreciate you. I'm so happy for the relationship. You guys stay tuned because I, I know we're going to be doing some things. This pandemic threw off a little a little bit, but we still are connecting and working together. Um, but I know, uh, especially with Blessed Girls, that I would love to have you um, come and you know work with us and help us collaborate as we um, really empower and uplift and build these leadership skills in the future and the females today for the future. Um, so I'm certainly looking forward to more collaboration um, as we go forward. But anything else that you want to share in closing uh, to the audience today? Okay. I mean, I, I think what I just want to uh, say is um, for people not to give up on their dreams. Um, and usually I say dreams because if you have something that keeps popping into your head or, you know, this project or try this or try that you you don't don't give up on it just start from somewhere um the, the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out but if you if you keep getting that sixth sense that something keeps telling you oh try this you need to do this you need to do that there are those niggling things that keep coming you think about it you forget about it you think about it you forget about it and this is based on my experience then that probably means you need to go for whatever it is and yes the fear will be there because it's it's there for everybody but at least you would say I tried it and most likely it would actually work out so don't give up on your dreams and just push yourself out of your comfort zone it's not easy and even now I'm sure we all still struggle with different things that we think oh I want to do that and yet um, we're, we're still you know struggling a little bit oh I can't put myself out there or I can't do that but until you've tried you don't really know how it's going to work out so just just give give it a go Indeed, indeed, indeed. I, I, I get it. I love it. Uh, move, move out of faith. Fear is false evidence appearing real. <laughs> Go ahead and give it a try. What you got to lose? What you got to lose? So, thank you so much, Miss Laura Akano. I thank you. I appreciate you for the sisterhood, for the uh, the connection. And again, I look forward. I look forward to what God has in store uh, for Polish Manor. They can Polish Manners. They can find yes. you is on Instagram. Instagram. I'm on Facebook as well as Polish Manners. Yes. So please, guys, make sure you connect. Follow her pages there. Uh, she does give some awesome encouragement and tips um, there regularly, weekly, daily, if you will. So Polish Manners UK, uh, please find. Make sure you connect with this amazing sister. And I thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, and you know, continue, continue on, sis. I'm rooting for you over here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Over very here much. on this side, uh, we certainly got you covered. So I, I thank you, thank you for all that you do, um, and continue, continue the work that God has given you at this time. Okay, sis. 
Thank you so much. And thank you for the wonderful work that you're doing as well. It's been great um, knowing you. And thank you to everybody that joined as well. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. So listen, guys, guess what's happening? Guess what's happening? This actually was our last episode for this season, the first season. We've been going for six months. We started, I want to say May, June, July, August, September, October. Yes, six months straight. Uh, every, every Wednesday we've been here and even extended it. We had some conferences, some civility conferences. Um, but I tell you, it's been incredible. I thank everyone who has supported, have been watching and sharing and liking and commenting. Uh, as you know, we, we have our episodes live on Facebook. We have our podcast, Real Talk, Real Solutions. Uh, we're on Instagram. You'll find, where am I at? Blessed Girl TV, Moms on a Mission. It depends on what which episode it was. But I truly just want to just say thank you, a big thank you to everyone. So listen, we're taking a break. November and December, we're taking a break and we're coming back 2021. Oh man, I'm starting to get the lineup. I'm starting with the lineup. So I want you guys to just stay tuned. And again, I appreciate the support um, and real talk, real solutions. And if you have a story, if you are a, a person that is passionate about either of the four C's, civility, community, creativity, and climate change, I would love to hear more about it. I would love to have this opportunity to hear about your story, but also encourage and inspire others. So listen, guys, it's Dr. Anana Pfeiffer, Daryl Holm. I appreciate you. I thank you so much. Thank you for rocking with me for season one <laughs> of Real Talk, Real Solutions. Well <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I thank you. I appreciate you. <clears throat> So stay tuned. I'm sure I'll be popping on, uh, giving some, some other things. We have some amazing things planned, um, but we're going to come back even bigger and better in 2021. So thank you so much, guys. Listen, you know what we do. Continue, continue to be bold, to be you, and to be blessed, girl. <laughs> love you for watching. Love you for listening. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great, great day, great evening and night.